0: Hi, this is Tom Compton. You're listening to WHTT Speaks Out. Each week, Chuck Carlson and members of We Hold These Truths look into events that are, for the most part, ignored or overlooked by the mainstream media. And we analyze these events. Ready, set, let the sparks fly.
1: In today's WHTT Speaks Out, we're going to talk about the vigil we held in San Francisco at the Congregation Nur Tamid Synagogue that was hosting a Christians United for Israel Standing with Israel event. One of the staff members of Kufi was there. His name is Randy Neal, and there were about 12 of us at this representing We hold these truths, and we were joined by two members of Jewish Voice for Peace. Also, we were joined by Paul Larudi of the Free Palestine Movement. We had a Jesuit priest there, and so we had a really nice cross-section in our vigil. And this vigil was just about like any other vigil that we've been on, except this was at a, a synagogue And uh, we were fortunate to have these two gentlemen from Jewish Voice for Peace, Jim Haber and David Sparrow. And so we were going to talk about this and some of the things, the interesting things that happened. We have a report from inside the meeting, a person who witnessed what was going on. Craig Hansen is going to be talking about that. First, I'd like to uh, just play a little interview, just a couple of minutes
0: and we're very fortunate today to have some representatives from the Jewish Voice for Peace here in the Bay Area. We've got Paul LaRudy with us also with the Free Palestine Movement. I'm here with Jim Haber with Jewish Voice for Peace. Uh, Jim, just tell us a little bit why you're here and why you think this is important to, to do these
2: vigils. Well, first, we're here at Congregation Ner Tamid, and Ner Tamid means eternal light, and uh, it's an important symbol uh, in the Jewish faith. And when I was living in Las Vegas for a few years, I went to a couple of Christians United for Israel events there uh, that were larger than this. Let me just say that as someone who's been involved in doing a lot of soup kitchen work, I'm Jewish, but I'm also involved with Catholic workers for a long time, standing up for justice. So I'm close to Christians and Catholics, which to Jews are kind of the same. So I wonder why Christians would listen to John Hagee instead of to Christian Palestinians. And so that's what I keep trying to get to. So that's a little, aside from me being Jewish, I am confused why people would listen to Christians here and ignore Christian Palestinians in their own voices. So that's why, you know, I talk about Kairos Palestine and the Kairos movement. So that's a question. That's why I like to come to Kufi events. And then... As a Jew, uh, concerned about the situation here and family in Israel, I've been to Israel, and this sign for me says it all. It's not about any particular conflict, but it doesn't uh, seem right that one person's war crimes are wrong. They're all wrong. And so I just uh, would like my brothers and sisters to
0: question them more than they are. Yes. Thank you we've got paul rudy from the free palestine movement and paul as many of you may recall actually was one of the people on the marimava flotilla not on the marimava that uh... the aid ships in two thousand ten that were attacked by the israelis uh, nine uh, civilians were killed paul actually jumped into the water to divert the israelis and they actually had to to pick him up so he may have actually saved some lives by his action. Paul, we thank you for coming out. And Why have you come out to, to join us in solidarity here?
3: Well, I'm very concerned about Zionism in any form, whether it's uh, in the name of Jews or in the name of Christians, uh, because the Zionism is a very important form of racism. Uh, there are other kinds of racism and um, a lot of the Zionists themselves point to anti-Semitism, for example, and probably they consider us to be anti-Semitic, or at least they'll use that argument to, to, to uh, make people go against us. But, uh, you know, we, we have to be against all forms of racism, whether it's anti-Semitism, Islamophobia, or Zionism. And Zionism is racism because it advocates Uh, what you can call a race, which is, uh, I mean, some people define it as a race for a Jewish state. And a Jewish state is by nature uh, exclusionary. It excludes uh, non-Jews. And the difference uh, between uh, Jim here and me is that, in principle anyway, Jim is able to go to and and get Israeli citizenship uh, according to his pedigree according to um, who his uh, father and mother were and grandfathers and so forth but i can 't i can 't and the, and the problem is that for Palestinians who were born there and whose parents were born there and whose uh, grandparents were born there for un, uncounted gem- generations. Uh, they are not welcome there, and they can't go there. So this is this is a kind of racism that clearly is causing wars. It's causing death. It's causing misery. We want an end to it, and that's why I'm here to oppose Christian racism in the form of John Hagee and and Christians United for Israel, which they are not. Christians are not united. Uh, and neither are Jews, by the way. So, so this that, is, <laughs> so. So that's why we're here because we want Christians and Jews and Muslims united for humanity, human rights for all. That's right. Th-
0: thank you very much. Uh, Two
3: war crimes don't make it right.
0: That's absolutely, right. that's that's absolutely correct. We've done over a hundred of these vigils throughout the. U.S. and this is actually the first vigil that we've done at a at a synagogue, so it was kind of unusual for us. Our idea, of course, these are vigils; these aren't mass protests. We want people, we want the thinking people, to to take a look at our messages. Uh, the one message over there is uh, innocent blood, Gaza, and uh, this is a biblical out of the Old Testament it's, uh, referred to taking innocent lives and Judaism does not sanction these kinds of activities so we have uh, christians who ignore the teaching of jesus they literally turn their backs on jesus and we have uh... jews that actually ignore the the teachings uh, of judaism so we have much inconsistency here in the united states uh, a war-based economy and we would ask you to watch our video christian zionism the tragedy in turning that explains this promoted religion known as Christian Zionism.
1: Okay, now we'd like to hear from Craig, who is our veteran vigil leader in the Bay Area. Now, Craig has done, I don't know, probably at least a half dozen vigils in the Bay Area in Sacramento. Craig, why don't you give us a little report on the vigil? Well,
4: thanks, Tom. Always good to be with you guys again. As a kind of an overview, this was at a, a Jewish synagogue there in San Francisco. There was probably about 150 in attendance in the Kufi synagogue meeting. And my guess was about half of the attendees were, were congregants there from the local congregation. And the, the rest were either from other Jewish synagogues or visiting. Not, it didn't seem like a whole lot of, of, uh, outside non- non-Jewish uh, people, you know, coming to the meeting. For this gathering, there were only uh, uh, 12 of us out there on the sidewalk, but it was uh, it was good to um, be among friends. One of uh, Randy's first comments, he was introduced uh, by one of the uh, local uh, congregants there from the Jewish synagogue, and he uh, he described Randy as one of the good one of the good guys. So pay attention was was his admonition to the congregation. When Randy gets up, he, he asked, uh, first he wants to take a straw poll to see if any of our friends from the outside are inside. And he said, how many people here believe Israel has a right to exist? Just ra- raise your hand. And so every, everyone raised their hands, and they all they all laughed at that. So he, then he, his comment was, uh, looks like we're among friends. So <laughs> that was, that's, that's how he started. Basically laying the, the foundation, he said, Talked about 1,700 years of love from the Christian community has taken its toll, and kind of saying that tongue in cheek, and basically apologizing for you know, the Christian persecution of the, of the of the Jewish people throughout history, and basically saying that you know, that it you know we can't undo the past, but we can make the present different, and this isn't going to happen again on our watch. That was his major on that. He also said that his kind of conversion, if you will, didn't want to become a Christian. It just happened to be that he had a life-changing experience and a kind of almost a near-death experience. And he saw that uh, Christians that he knew had answers to life and there was a peace in their life. And he, he wanted to become a better, better father and a husband. And so I just wanted to become a better guy, which I was I was kind of surprised he didn't take the opportunity to To share his uh, Christian conversion experience if there if in fact there there is one and uh, later on he said that he just doesn't worship a bunch of dead biblical Jews but he was there to support the Jewish friends and people and so forth and I know know that a lot of Jewish people talk about Jesus as being just a a dead Jew so uh, I I was kind of confused and surprised that, that Randy didn't take more of an opportunity to to share anything about his own faith, you know I know that Kufi has made a very strong argument and a position that they are non-conversionary. That it's part of their old plan that they do not proselytize, they do not have altar calls, they don't do anything like that to try to convert any Jew to to Christianity. Ray did, try, and kind of tongue-in-cheek, he said, when Jesus comes back, whether it's the first or second time. One of us is going to have to change our theology, is, uh, is how he presented that. Typical, they showed the videos of Hagee on the Kufi on campus, just videos to kind of give a, an audience that doesn't know anything about Kufi what their impact is and how far they go. Uh, the same statistics, 66% of Americans, uh, think we should support Israel, but only like 30, 32 or something percent of the um, people on college campuses. And of course, there's, you always get the gas. From the uh, from the audience, when the statistics come out, and they're just recognizing that how much they need to infiltrate and and uh, really convert the college to their way of thinking. Other than uh, otherwise, in, the, in a couple of generations, there's not going to be that kind of support. He gave the history of Kufi, how he went to Israel as a tourist and came back as a Zionist, and wanted to get something done in getting organizing Christians together, and and how uh, he got a bunch of Christian leaders together. But when the, uh, he announced that it was going to be non-conversionary and non, um, there, the Christian message was not going to be given, about, oh, I think 29 of the 30 that he invited left, left the meeting. And that was in the, in the early days, I guess, what, 2005 or 6 or something like that. But how, as things have gone on, they've gone from that first group to 412 in 2006, and now, now they're over 1.5 million supporters of Kofi. And how important Kufi is to the well-being of Israel, and how what a great friend Kufi is to the Jewish people. So he is definitely building building Kufi up in the eyes of, of the Jewish congregation. There was no asking for money. He likened it as being a bridge builder between the Christian and the Jewish community. Oh, one of the parts of the last video was by a um, Holocaust survivor. That he travels with Brandy around the the uh, country. And the last name was Roth. I can't remember his first name. But he was liberated from a concentration camp when he was 15 years old by the Allied forces. And he, his comment is, God has sent Kufi to the Jewish people. And, of course, everyone here you know, claps claps on that and so forth. Randy made a comment. He said, some people are, rumor that we are only supporting the Jewish people, because of our end time theology. And he says, no, that's not the case at all. He says, I you know, some people I've heard that uh because nobody I know uh believes that. He says, I support Israel not because I'm a Christian, but because I'm a Bible believing Christian. And I believe there's a mandate to support the people of God from the first page of the Bible to the last page of the Bible. And further building his support with the the Jewish congregation there. The thing that's always bothers me about these events. White is black, black is white. And this time, Randy actually said, darkness is being called light and evil is being called good. And yet it doesn't, it doesn't apply to them. Israel is being smeared. They're really not an uh, apartheid nation. It's an insult to the people of South Africa to call Israel an apartheid nation. That genocide, it's not genocide at all, and that, where it comes into that whole destruction of the people in Gaza, you know, they call it genocide. If they really wanted to do genocide, they would have killed a lot more. This is not genocide at all. The ethnic cleansing, that's a, he dismisses that as any kind of issue as well. think again, the whole thing about writing your congressman, is keep the political pressure on Washington. One thing he brought up, which I didn't know about and probably should do some research on, apparently there was a a House resolution that came out probably in 1998, I think you said, to protect persecuted Christians and other religious minorities in other countries around the world. That resolution didn't get any traction at all until the Jewish community, through KUFI, got on board, brought it to KUFI's attention, and uh, apparently it's either passed the House or the Senate to give more uh, protection to uh, religious minorities around the world. Um, I didn't get a... uh, a resolution or a bill bill number I I don't know any more than what Randy said on that. After Randy was done, he definitely gave an impassioned call at the end that this is not going to happen on our watch. This is uh, this may be 1938 again, and with the, the, the threats for, to Israel all around her, but we're going to stand to my last dying breath. I will support the nation of Israel. And he was very impassioned about it. And I, 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 believe it was sincere too. Uh, I don't, I don't question his sincerity at all. I, 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 feel like he's deceived and definitely being used. But, uh, I don't, I don't doubt his sincerity. After he spoke, uh, the rabbi himself, Levan, uh, got up and he talked about the history and the growth of anti-Semitism. And he said Jews flourished in countries like China and, uh, other countries and he said, "Where anti-Semitism flourished, where Christianity thrived, and basically blaming all the anti-Semitism in the world about any for any kind of a Christian presence, you know, going back to, you know, His blood be upon us and on our children, and that that doctrine being sent out with Christian missionaries and so forth. So anytime uh, there was uh, Jews in the vicinity of Christian missionaries." they would, uh, the anti-Semitism would grow. And uh, he, he made that uh, a very strong point that anti-Semitism is a product of uh, Christian theology. I would tend to say that the whole dispensationalism is a bad theology, which is leading to the support of the nation of Israel and, and the whole idea of Christian Zionism being a fulfillment of biblical prophecy is bad theology. And so, uh, you know, he, he wants to take that his blood be upon us and our children, I would say let's look at the whole Bible and let's look at what the Bible says about the, the people of Israel. And I, I like what uh, Stephen Sizer has to say. if As a Christian, either you believe Jesus was a fulfillment of biblical prophecy or just a, a punctuation, and you, and you have this dual covenant thing that, that Hagee goes with. So as Christians standing up for justice, for justice, um, for peace, for where is Jesus in the middle of it, uh, I think uh, we're, we're on the right track. And I, I would just pray that our brothers and sisters in in the Lord would be able to read the scriptures and not just the propaganda and see where Jesus is in, in all of
3: this.
1: Great. Well, okay. thank you, Craig. Uh, I'd like to pick up on this. Uh, you mentioned Randy Neal talked about light and dark, and uh, where dark is light and light is dark. Well, we had an example, uh, out in the entrance there where we were standing along the street uh, in the sidewalk next to the synagogue. There was a, a pretty heated interchange between our Jewish friends and a obvious, he said he was Jewish member. Uh, we don't know if he was that congregation, but uh, it was uh, this Light uh, versus dark, and so you know it's how you look at something. Chuck, why don't you give us a little detail on that story?
5: Well, as I, as I heard it, one of the Jewish Voice for Peace people pointed out that 2,100 Palestinians had been killed by Israeli bombs, and this guy's response was, "Well, this was a benevolent number because they destroyed 13,000 homes." And if there had only been one person killed for every home, that would have been 13,000 people. Because there were only 2,100 killed, this showed that the benevolence of the Israeli operation against the Gazans. And uh, the the Jewish Voice for Peace guy tried to argue this and did, but uh, the man just stuck to his guns. We could have killed lots more. We didn't. The fact that we didn't kill more proves that we really do care for them and love them and so on. This is the kind of amazing distortion that you hear when you confront not just Jewish Zionists, but also Christian Zionists who listen to Jewish Zionists and who listen to people like John Hagee. They actually adopt this idea that no matter what Israel does, it's uh, it's kind, benevolent, and careful, and they could have done a lot more if they really would have wanted to. In fact, what they tell the media and the press is, is quite different. They tell the media and the press that they're invariably being uh, bombed by the Palestinians, and all they're doing is uh, self-defense. And uh, the newest one, of course, was when they were bombing hospitals every, every almost every day. At Gaza hospitals, Gaza health facilities, and ambulances, and even the United Nations refuges that were set up for the homeless Gazans. The answer was always, at the end of the newscast, would be, oh, and Israel says that the Hamas activists were using these people as human shields, which is why they were bombed. So the total lack of attention to truth is really part of the Zionist argument. And it's an unapologetic part of what they say. They they simply don't apologize for lying. Lying, if it works, is essentially good. If it uh, convinces people it's not lying, it's the truth in disguise or something. So that's what you can expect inside and outside of these, these places. And it raises the real question about how much energy should be put into this effort now that we are gaining so much attraction and uh, so many people are starting to notice who Christian Zionism is. In my discussion with individuals, everybody seems to understand the word Christian Zionism, and people do seem to know what that is in in a pretty large uh, number of cases. And that, of course, was not true at the time we started doing this 12 years ago.
1: Well, Chuck, that's true to an extent, but I think Craig's a recent example. He was invited to speak to a pro-Palestinian group, and this ignorance... You know, they are very much in support of the rights of, of the Palestinians, but the ignorance of about Christian Zionists was evident there. And I noted it also with uh, speaking to one of the gentlemen from uh, Jewish Voice for Peace. He was actually unaware of the whole concept of Christian Zionism. He watched our four-minute video in which John Hagee prayed for war in the name of Jesus. And he, he thought that was very shocking. So it was kind of a, 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 an epiphany for him to see what's going on. And so it points out the the real necessity of further education. We we are seeing this, the Presbyterian Church with their Zionism Unsettled Betty Guide that's come out. So there certainly is more, but we have a long way to go. Craig, you might give us a little just... Uh, a synopsis of what what happened at your your meeting that uh, just happened to come up uh, after we had the vigil.
4: Yeah, uh, Chuck, it was I had the opportunity to visit and to meet the North Coast Coalition for Support of Palestine here locally, and it was it's very interesting. Not, uh, not a really big group, but to answer what Tom was saying, they weren't really that aware of the Christian Zionism, Kufi in particular. And so I was able to ad- address that, what it is, and why it's my burden to stand up against it as a follower of Jesus, and how that uh, calling for more guns and more killing and more bombs is, is not what Jesus would do when he, he says, Blessed are the peacemakers and pray for those who persecute you. So I was well received, a lot of questions asked, and they were very interested in, in what we're doing, and so there may be some... Uh, opportunities for us to get our message out with with their different activities as
5: well. You're right, Craig. We have an awful lot of support now. We have tremendous numbers of organizations, and all of them do need to know what we've learned from our experiences. And you're right. There was a meeting in Washington, D.C., only yesterday, called In Defense of Christians. turns out this organization has people like James Zogby on the board, John Ashcroft is on the board, very distinguished looking people, one of them from Georgetown University, another from a a Southern Baptist seminary even. And these people were absolutely stunned when Ted Cruz, the senator from Texas, came there and insulted them, telling them that uh, their best ally was Israel. And so these people, of course, are not well versed on Christian Zionism, but they have organized to defend the rights of Christians in the Middle East at all kinds of places, all everywhere from Egypt to uh, Lebanon. And so there is a very large growing movement of people that do have the idea right. They do know that uh, what's happening is wrong and destructive to Christianity, but they really don't understand Ted Cruz's theology, nor do they understand what the other... Uh, Christian Zionists, uh, what motivates them. And uh, I think this uh, is, a, is really a big job for us to face is trying to reach people like that and who already have financial support, financial base, large followings and are able to put on banquets in Washington, D.C. There's a lot going on that was not happening a few years ago, and we have a need to... Uh, Talk to those people, and I believe it will be a lot easier to convince them than it will be to convince Randy Neal, and uh, the uh, and the leader of this Jewish synagogue in San Francisco.
1: Well, that's so true, and we did see some some hope. Most people that went in wouldn't accept our literature. We had a copy of the the letter that was sent to the rabbi there, explaining why we were there. But there there was some, and uh, Chuck had an interesting conversation with an Oriental lady who I guess was a Christian uh, that was still looking. And so, you know, we don't know where if she'll look at this or, if, you know, if this will influence her. But people are looking and they're searching this out. And so we're seeing more and more of this. We've got Patty Ford, one of our veteran vigilers that joined us. Patty, do you have any comments that you'd like to make or what you thought about the, the vigil?
6: Well, I was across the street, and um, I spent most of my time with David Spiro from Jewish Voices for Peace. And he was a very pleasant gentleman, and I guess I kind of forgot um, sometimes who I was talking to. I didn't realize until afterwards you told me that that group, they were not aware of Christian Zionism as we were. And so I was kind of forcefully talking about how bloodthirsty the Christian churches are and how they're beating the drums of war and that there are so many churches and so many hundreds of thousands of people who are influenced by this on top of the media. And, I mean, if they think that if they're being taught that this is biblical, you know, who's going to argue with that in the Christian church? And I was listening to what Craig said, and, you know, it kind of reminded me of a joke that a Jewish lady that I knew told me, because I was raised a Catholic and she was Jewish, she said, you know, the difference between a Jewish baby and a Catholic baby is that a Jewish baby is born with guilt. A Catholic baby has to go to Catholic school and learn it. <laughs> and I kind of think that's what they're doing. They're laying this guilt trip on everybody.
1: Yes, that's a very good point.
6: And I, you know, that, that's like a form of bullying. And I, maybe we need to kind of address that.
1: Any other closing thoughts before we wrap this up?
6: I want to say something. Okay. I just kind of want to say that I was against this at first, and because I was afraid, and obviously I was being afraid of being smeared as an anti-Semite, and you know, we have had problems. You know, we've been really verbally attacked in Phoenix at the John Hagee thing, and, but now I see it differently that kind of we need to be courageous and try and partner. What I told David was that the whole world hates us because of this, and Our foreign policy is going to get everybody killed, including the Israelis themselves. So it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense.
5: Well said, Patty.
6: And that, you know, when one of us gets cut, we all bleed.
5: Yes. We have a lot of people to partner with and a lot of places we can go now that we didn't have a few years ago when it was just us. Remember when it was only us.
1: Right.
6: Right. Yeah, there there are pockets of support out there from other people. I mean, thank God for the Internet.
1: Absolutely. Well, great. Thank you, everybody. I think this was a a very significant milestone, if you will, in our over 100 of these vigils that we've conducted across the country from San Francisco to Washington, D.C., and many places in between. We've been at probably close to 20 or more of the Kufi events. So we are seeing some changes, and we think – this maybe is part of our turning the tragedy and turning and so if you've not seen our video Christian Zionism the tragedy and turning we urge that you do so and also pass it on I mean, we are information agencies anybody that listens to this still has the power or they have influence with other people they know and to recommend something when you recommend listening to something chances are somebody might listen to it so we have to do more of this to wake the town and tell the people. Thanks for joining in with us today.
0: Thanks for listening. If you like this program, please let your friends know about it and our other thought-provoking podcast. And be sure to visit our website, whtt.org, for a wealth of information on Christian Zionism and other critical issues that we face. Also at whtt.org, you can watch...